0: This is the Intersection of Faith and the Culture. It's Wall Builders. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. And we're going to keep doing that even between Christmas and New Year's. Hope you had a fantastic Christmas. I I really, um, you know, we're always talking about saving the country. We're always talking about what's happening in the culture and all of those things. And I just have to come back to John Quincy Adams talking about how the birth of our Savior and the birth of our nation are so indissolubly linked. I think I said that word right. Anyway, the point is, this nation was built on biblical principles, built on discipleship of biblical principles. In other words, teaching people how to live according to the way that that God gave us in his instruction manual. Actually being followers of Christ, as George Washington said, the only thing that makes a patriot even better patriot is if they're Christian. And, And so when you're a follower of Christ, you're a blessing to the community. You're actually the kind of salt that preserves, protects, and passes the torch of freedom. And so here we are right after Christmas already thinking about going into the next year and being a blessing. Hope that you are thinking about the same thing. We're going to jump into a Pro Family Legislators Conference presentation by Tim Brooks. This was at our Friday night dinner this year at the Pro Family Legislators Conference. As you know, we share a lot of these throughout the Uh, especially on breaks like this between uh, Christmas and New Year's. But this is good stuff, folks. I'm telling you, you're really, really going to enjoy this. Here's Tim Brooks at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference.
1: Let me tell you something I've learned as a speaker about applause. Applause before the speaker begins his talk is an act of faith. (laughs) An applause during the speech is an act of hope. And an applause after he's finished is just usually an act of love. So right now I'm praying for faith, hope, and love to fall all over this congregation of people. I mean, seriously? Here I am up here speaking. We got I'm a Dr. George Barna. I mean a household name. Everybody in the country knows that name. Glenn Beck. I've been around the country with David Barton. We're never anywhere that somebody didn't want to come over to our table and take a picture with him, get his autograph. Uh, Today, I was in the elevator, and a woman in there with a conference name tag, she looked and said, Oh, are you a legislator? What state are you from? I said, No, no, I'm not a legislator. I'm one of the speakers here. She looked at my name tag. She goes, Oh, I've never heard of you before. (laughs) I don't know... (laughs) <laughs> Neither's anybody else i, I don't know what, what was i supposed to say to that you know, oh, anyway I, I try to do some helpful things here and that's what i want to do for the next few minutes um and a lot of people need to lose some weight if we just were honest about it so i'm always looking for the next great diet that i could share with people and here's one i came across i wanted to share with you it's it's the new Garlic and onion diet. I'm sure you probably heard about this. You eat nothing but garlic and onions for a whole week. Now, you're not going to lose much weight, but people will stand so far away from you, you'll look a lot smaller (laughs) where you are. A diet guru was holding a seminar, said, The food we eat is killing us. Red meats attack the heart, vegetables and fruits are sprayed with harmful pesticides, even our drinking water is polluted. And he says, can anyone tell me what is the biggest food killer of all? Man in the back raised his hand, yes sir, said a wedding cake. (laughs) A lady walked into a dress shop after spotting a gory, you can tell the iq of a crowd because when you tell a joke a few laughs then a few more and then kind of the slower ones it goes around and you okay here's the dumber section there (laughs) y'all stay with us this is funny here so (laughs) a lady walked into a dress shop after spotting a gorgeous dress in the shop window she told the clerk i'd like to try on that dress in that window and the store clerk said, well, ma'am, you can try on that dress, but you will have to use the changing room. <laughs> a man was begging a judge to let him off of jury duty because of his job. And the judge said, look, you've you got to report to jury, jury duty. I'm sure that your company can get along fine without you for a few days, the judge told this man. And the guy says, I know they can't. That's what I'm trying to prevent them from finding out. Man went for a job interview, and the interview guy tells him that they're looking to hire someone who is very, very responsible. Look no further, I'm your man. He says, as a matter of fact, my last job, whenever anything went wrong, they said, you are responsible. An office manager was interviewing an applicant and he asked a woman if she had any unusual talents. I said, well, actually, I have just recently won a national crossword puzzle contest. Well, sounds good and we're proud of you, but but we wanted some talents that will be used during office hours perfect, she said. That's when I do most of my crossword puzzles.
0: Quick break, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wall Builders.
2: Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com. And there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the wall builders website and bring a speaker to your area. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. After the final victory at Yorktown, the Continental Army awaited the outcome of peace negotiations with Great Britain. Pastor Israel Evans, a chaplain in the army, proposed to George Washington that they build a structure where church services could be held during the months of waiting. Washington approved the plan and urged his officers to ensure that the soldiers attended service. Pastor Evans further knew, if we were to secure the liberties they had fought for, sound education would be crucial. He declared, Every parent and every friend to the freedom of his country ought to be attentive to the improvement of our youth and the principles of freedom and good government, and then the people will stand fast in their liberty for a long time. Our schools today need to return to teaching the principles of freedom and good government in order for America to survive and prosper. For more information about Pastor Israel Evans and other colonial patriots, go to wallbuilders.com.
0: Welcome back to Wall Builders. We're listening to Tim Brooks speaking at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. We're talking about, um, you know, some some really history and realizing that what happened 400 years ago has an impact on us today. And therefore, what we do today, should the Lord tarry, will have an impact on those coming after us. Let's jump back in. Here's Tim Brooks at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference.
1: Since the beginning of time, mankind, all of mankind, has has pursued understanding God, Uh, uh, understanding God. The problem in that pursuit is man is finite, man is limited. We're looking at an infinite, unlimited, omnipresent being. And absolutely, there are things that we can know about God. There are things that we need to learn about God. The call on my life is teaching people about God, the ways of God, the thoughts of God. I'm doing everything I can to produce a biblical worldview understanding in people. Yet, with that, we all have got to live knowing. You just got to know there are some things that we can't know we can't see, we can't understand, because God is an eternal being. And time has no control over God. We are all in time. God is in eternity. And the minute something drops into the realm of earth, it picks up time. Earth revolves day and night. It creates hours in a day. We we didn't create time we stuck a stick in the ground and started noticing the shadow uh, was uniform in its movement. It patterned, and we put some numbers on a dial. And, and time operates whether you have a clock or whether you don't. One of the topics that Jesus most talked about was time. It's not time, it's not my time. The time is not come, only the Father knows the time. According to the time, My time is not near. Time, as a matter of fact, if you look up time in the concordance, there you'll be shocked. there are there are so many references to the word time in scripture that it can't even list them. It has to refer to the appendix with just a bunch of little numbers, so many verses about time. Our lives from start to finish revolve around time. And all of our conversation, all of our thinking is time-centered. I could go on and on all night. How old are you? How long have you lived there? How long have you worked there? How long have you been married? How soon will this job be finished? When will you start? When will you end? How many years of school do you have left? What time does it start? What time do I meet you? What time do we go? Our conversation revolves around time. We are aware that time, the time something happens is very significant. The parents of a happily married daughter are thrilled when she announces her pregnancy. The parents of an unwed 15-year-old are not as happy about the very same event. It was the time. It was the timing of that. You got to grasp this. Our life is all about time because we live in time. Time starts the minute you're born, and time ends for you the minute you die. Time is a brief part of our existence in eternity. Time on earth is temporary interruption in eternity, and we all live in time. Here's the problem. The entire problem with us understanding God. Why did God do that? Why did God let that happen? How many times have I had a person in my office, God, why weren't you here for me? God, why didn't you do so and so? God, where were you? I can't believe in a God that was... These questions people mad at God, people frustrated at God, people don't understand God, all because God is eternal. God exists outside of time, and that's just not the way we're wired to think. Because God is eternal, because God is not limited by time as we in here are, God sees the beginning from the end. God is at work accomplishing his will, his purpose, his plan, and he is all the time. God is at work accomplishing his will, his purpose, and we often can't understand what has just happened or what didn't happen because we are finite. We are limited in time, and until we grasp this, we're going to think God was slow. We're going to think God was late. We're going to even think God missed it. We're going to think God did not handle this. We're going to think God doesn't care. We're going to think God has removed his hands. God, why is all this happening?
0: Another quick break, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders. Welcome back. Let's jump right back in with Tim Brooks at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. You've got to live knowing
1: Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Legislators, in what you do, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy for you to get discouraged in what you do. It's easy for you to quit. It's easy for you to give up. It's easy for you to be so outnumbered that you throw in the towel. You need to know, you have to live knowing that you can't possibly see all God is doing in and with and through you right now where you are. God is using you. You are a tool in God's hand and God is using you. But from a limited, finite position, it's awfully hard to put that in perspective with what just happened. My wife was raised in Little Rock, Arkansas, went to school there her whole life. The summer out of her 11th grade year, her parents jerked her up, took her out of school and moved her to Hot Springs, Arkansas. What worse, the worstest, the worser thing that could happen to an 11th grade girl to pull you out of school and move you to a place where you knew nobody and put you there for your senior year, mad, bitter, angry, God, how could you, why could you? She had no idea. That in third grade psychology class, the most gorgeous hunk of a man with long flowing hair down his collar would walk over to sharpen his pencil and she would be swept off of her feet. (laughs) 47 years later, she has a man that all girls dream about. But at that time, nothing but mad, bitter, questioning God. Where are you, God? Why did you let this happen to me? Legislators, looking at what you're doing, seeing things that you were working so hard on not pass, seeing things that you worked so hard on that you believed so strongly and not even get picked up, And move past committee looking at the defeats of candidates that surely God was for. Seeing the moral decay right now going on around us, all this can leave you questioning God. God, where are you? God, how? God, why? God, do you even care? God, where are I? God, I thought you told me to run for this office. God, I thought you laid it on my heart to write this. God, I, th- I thought I was spoken to by you to write this piece of legislation. God, where were you when the vote came up? God, where were you? You got to know that you're limited by time. And we're serving and following God that's at work in, with, and through you. Our day is 24 hours. God's day is as a thousand years. You can't see all that God is doing in and with and through you right where you are right now. You can't possibly see the magnitude of it. Terry and I earlier this year were with David and Cheryl. We went to Plymouth. The four of us stood where the Pilgrims landed. The four of us walked aboard the Mayflower 2, an exact replica of the ship that 102 Pilgrims came over here on. And as we stood in the underneath deck, it wasn't a passenger ship. It was a cargo ship. And as we stood in that deck, where a hundred and two people sat side by side all the way around that floor. And they sat in that cargo deck for 66 days and nights. Not room enough to get up and even move around. Two women on that trip gave birth. Two women gave birth sitting side by side. In a hall. we walked around Plymouth seeing and reading markers. Four of us spent a lot of time at cemeteries reading tombstones of those that had died the first year there died of starvation and froze to death. Think about watching your loved one freeze to death standing at that cemetery where so many of those were buried that, that didn't make it the first winter i i i lost track of who i was with and and i stood there staring at the ground and and all i could think was i'm standing in the very place that a mother that a father that a husband that a wife was standing having watched their loved ones starve to death, and all I could think of was the tears running down their face saying, God, where were you? God, I thought you told us to come here. God, I thought you put this on my heart to do this. God, I thought you were going to be with us, standing right there, fighting back the tears because I was reliving the tears of loved ones who were fighting, being mad at God who were fighting being bitter at God, who were questioning why God would have them do this, and now look what happened.
0: One more break today, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders.
2: This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. Founding fathers John Adams and Thomas Jefferson originally worked closely together, but later became ardent opponents. This troubled Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration, who knew both of them very well. In the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells us that God has given each of us the ministry of reconciliation. Dr. Rush believed this and set out to bring the two back together. It took a while, but Adams and Jefferson once again became close friends. And looking back on his role in helping bring about this reconciliation, Dr. Rush stated, It will give me pleasure, as long as I live, to reflect that I have been in any degree instrumental in affecting this reunion of two souls destined to be dear to each other and motivated with the same dispositions to serve their country, though in different ways. For more information about Dr. Benjamin Rush and his other remarkable achievements, go to wallbuilders.com.
0: Welcome back to Wall Builders. We're listening to Tim Brooks speaking at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Let's jump back in. Here's Tim Brooks at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference.
1: While I was standing there, my eyes filled full of tears because I was standing in the very place 403 years later, and I was now crying, grateful to God, thanking God, seeing God's plan unfold Seeing the freedoms that I had from a perspective that the person standing in that very place, questioning God, mad at God, wondering, God, where are you and why did you let this happen? 403 years later, I had a different perspective, standing at that very same grave. Legislators, we're just so much in time. Every fault we have is time limited. And we've got to know we serve and we follow and we are being obedient to a God who is in the realm of eternity and he is doing a work. God is at work fulfilling, accomplishing his plan. And you are a small part of it, whether it ever makes sense to you or not. He sees the beginning from the end. You and I are in the midst of being used by God. And sometimes we can't put this puzzle together. David, Cheryl, Terry, and I walked a grassy area where the the very first place, right in that spot, where the very first place the pilgrims and the Indians celebrated their first Thanksgiving. And as we were standing there, and I I just lost sight of everything and I could see the Indians and I could see the pilgrims all in that grassy spot and I could see the pilgrims trying to celebrate and from that spot I could see up on the hill where their loved one was buried because they had frozen to death they had no idea what they were putting in motion they could have no idea that future presidents that a future congress would declare this as a national holiday for us to give thanks to god if you haven't looked in the dictionary look in the dictionary the word thanksgiving the definition is a national holiday for us to give thanks to god
0: All right, folks, out of time for today. Tomorrow we'll get the conclusion of Tim Brooks speaking at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Thanks for listening to The Wall Builder Show.